0: Hello, everybody. You know who this is. This is Keisha again, coming back to you with what? A word of encouragement. I come again to let you know that guess what? Guess what still has not changed? That is God is still God. He needs nobody's help to be God. He doesn't need our approval He doesn't need our guidance. He doesn't need us to give him any, he doesn't need us to give him any type of comments sitting over in the peanut gallery. God is still God alone. That makes him awesome. God is awesome all by himself. If God never performs another miracle, if God never gives you or I another blessing, I can tell you, I can speak for you and say that God has done enough. God is so loving. God is so willing to accept us right where we are. He is so loving and kind and forgiving. He's so helpful. God is so generous. He loves us beyond our thinking Beyond our imagination. God is supernatural. He's miraculous. God is everything that we need. Whatever situation you are in right now, at this moment, God can be everything that you need. And how do you find out what it is that you need from God? You go to his word. There is an answer for every problem, Every situation, no matter how minor it is, no matter how great it is, everybody else may have told you, girl, I don't have no answer for you. I don't know what to tell you. Your pastor may have even told you that I don't know what to do. I went to the deacon board. I consulted with them. Our hands are tied. We don't know what to tell you. We don't know where to tell you to go. But I can tell you where to go where you will get a definite answer and that is to the Word of God. He has an answer. Not only does He have an answer, but He has a plan. He's already mapped out each of your days down here on earth. Now it's your choice whether or not you choose that path. And I've learned a lot about choices in the last several years. We can live out Christ in front of people 24 hours a day. We can lead them to the altar. We can lead them to the word. We can do everything but hold them by the hand and walk it out for them. But it is their choice. It's their decision to make Christ their Lord and their Savior. Just like God gave you and I an opportunity to make Him our Lord and our Savior, that is the same opportunity that He's going to give your wife, your husband, your children, your co-workers, your neighbor, that person that you meet in the grocery store. He's going to give them the same choice the same opportunity to make him their Lord and to make him their Savior. There is no amount of reading the Bible to anybody. There is no amount of you staying up late at night. There is no amount of you crying to this person, begging them to make God, to make Jesus their Lord and their Savior. That person has to make that decision for themselves. So in saying all of that, I want to tell you that God is still here with us. He is still there in control. He's still in control. Even though the ones you've been praying for haven't made that final decision to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. God is still in control. He's still on the throne. He still has all of the power. He hasn't lost any power. Well, Keisha, you don't know how bad the situation is. You don't know that it was worse today than it was on last week. That's okay. God is still God because I had to learn That God does his part. And then when it goes sour, we tend to say, well, I guess, you know, it wasn't God. I guess God didn't do. No, God did what he was supposed to do. But we, in this flesh, we take it the way that we want it to go. And then we try to make it seem like it's God by trying to cleverly disguise our will with the word of God. And we know deep down on the inside that it's not God. But that doesn't make God any less of being Alpha and Omega. That doesn't make him any less of being El Shaddai, Elohim. It doesn't make him any less of the great God that he is because we take it upon ourselves to choose the wrong job. To choose the wrong mate. To choose the wrong friends. To buy a house that we know we can't afford. To get a car that we know that we can't afford. All of those things, we tend to turn around and say, well, you know, maybe God didn't tell me to. Oh, now you want to say God didn't tell you to. Oh, now, Kesha, you want to say, well, maybe God did. Well, but you know what? I'm so glad that even when we can admit That something wasn't God. He's still God enough. He's still Christ enough. To love us. Past our mistake. Past our selfish will. Because when we walk in our flesh. We're being selfish. We want what we want. And we don't care. If it's God or not. But I thank God. That he didn't leave you or I. In our chosen mess. But he stayed right there. And he held us. And he kept us. And he made a way. He cleared a path in the wilderness. For us to get out of that mess. He gave us grace enough. And time enough. To wake up. And come to ourselves. And realize. And look around. Oh my God. Look at the mess I made. I cannot believe. That I did this. What was I thinking? Why did I not listen? Because we were in our flesh. We wanted what we wanted. We thought that if I just walk like a good Christian, if I just do the right thing, then this can be God. It's got to be God. If I walk in the word, it's got to be God. No, it don't. No, it don't. But for the saving grace, God is so awesome That he is the only God that can take the biggest mess that you make and he can clean it up. All he needs is for you to let it go. All he needs is your participation to say, God, I messed up. Now you can have it. God is just that awesome. But guess what? That's not what I wanted to talk to you about. What I want to talk to you all about today, real quick, is... Having faith in God, having faith in God. Now, this message can be for men and women, but I primarily want to speak to the women about walking in faith as a woman of God. And so I went and I looked at different women in the Bible, and the two that stood out to me that have, that they lived a life similar to mine is Hannah. Hannah. And Sarah now some of you may not have known but I through my adult years from the age of I'll say 21 up until the age that I am now which is a ripe young 47 I probably had about 15 miscarriages and I suffered a stillborn the miscarriages really didn't hit me as much as the stillborn. And when I had the stillborn it took something out of me. Even though I only got a chance to know my child, my son, for five months, there was still that window of time that I was able to be a mother. And when you feel that child move on the inside of you. And the doctors say, I hear a heartbeat. And those are words that you have never heard before. And you carry that child and you talk to that child and you pray over that child. And then you lose that child to death and you carry that child around on the inside of you dead because that's what happened. I had to carry him for just a little while on the inside of me and he was dead and so when you give birth because i had to still birth him here and you hold him you hold that child in your hands and you you hold that child close to your heart and you literally put it on your chest and you hold it close to your heart and you can hold that child in your hand your hands and You can look at that child and know that it once had a heartbeat, but now that child is dead. Those are moments that only a mother can describe. The spouse can be there, they can shed tears as my husband was there and he held our son and he cried and it took a toll on him. And not to take anything away from him in his mourning. But there is something about a mother's loss when you lose a child to death that no one else can describe. And if you are a mother and you've never lost a child, I am so happy for you. But for me, I lost my child and we had to cremate him And I have his ashes on my nightstand. And so after I had my stillborn in 2015, I became pregnant again in the summer of 2018. And it's something about when you know God is speaking directly to you that nobody it's a feeling, it's a sensation that nobody else can can change your way of thinking. It's a faith. It's a part of your faith that it can't be shaken. And so I went to the doctor and the doctor told me, he said, well, it's either too soon or either you're having a miscarriage. Well, the Christ that lives in me spoke to me and said, no, this is it. When you go back, you're going to hear a heartbeat. So sure enough, I went back and he said, here's a heartbeat. And even... As young as my son, because it was another boy, as young as he was, as small in my womb as he was, he was active, active. Just turning flips and moving, very active. And so the doctor sent me to have some tests done, and I had to see a specialist every uh, two weeks in Houston. And my husband would work nights, and he would get off work, and he would drive me to Houston. And he did this for several months. And I thank God that God allowed him to be able to do that because that was the care that I needed, and that was the care that our son needed. And so I was able to see a specialist I had good insurance I thank God for that and the doctor who was a specialist it's like every time I went almost she it was like she wanted to find something wrong and so God kept telling me he's gonna be okay he's gonna be alright you're gonna birth him everything is gonna be fine but of course every ultrasound I was on pins and needles thinking they're going to tell me he's not breathing. They're going to tell me that it's a complication and I have to give birth early and, and things like that. And those are thoughts that anybody would think. And so I was able to get through all of that and I was able to birth him here. And he's strong. He's active. He's overly active, even. And it's a lot of the story that, you know, I didn't tell because it was a journey. It was actually a journey, that whole pregnancy. But I thank God for the ones who prayed for me, who encouraged me through my aunts and uh, my cousin, Um You know, that I look at him as a a big brother. I thank God for my church family. I thank God, um, especially also not only my husband, but my sister, who was uh, who is the mother of three boys herself. And she helped me. She was my rock. She was my leaning post. She was the one who said, Keisha, don't do that. Keisha, do this. This is going to help you. Keisha, don't sleep that way. Keisha, sleep this way. You need to get this. She did my baby shower. All of those things. Uh, My aunt who um, told me that when the baby gets here, I'm going to do this. And when the baby gets here, I'm going to feed him this. And, And all those things that mean a lot when you go through a pregnancy such as mine because I was a high-risk pregnancy to the max. And so um, I gave birth to him and I learned that he is a rainbow baby because the child that you have after your stillbirth or your miscarriage is called a rainbow baby. And so there are a lot of things that I could say about My pregnancy, there are a lot of things that I can say about my son who is super active. And I just say, look at God. After 15 or so miscarriages and a stillbirth, I am pleased to say that I get the awesome opportunity to see this 15 month old boy run around, play, laugh do things that I can record in his baby book. It's a miracle because the doctor said he shouldn't be here. I should not have even been able to carry him. And the nurse, the doctor put her hand on her hip and she looked through my, my uh, medical records and she shook her head and she said, you know, he's not even supposed to be here. And the nurse said, you know that this is a miracle baby. And I, Thank God because 15 plus so years ago, I began to pray and we're still, I'm still talking to you about faith. I began to pray a prayer and part of that prayer was, God, I thank you. It was five different things that I thank God for, but one of them was, God, I thank you for my unborn child. Lord, I thank you that if you allow me to have a child, I will raise him. Under your word, nothing more and nothing less. I prayed this prayer for 15 plus years, and there were times that I I didn't believe, especially when I got in my middle 40s. I started to think, "Whew! Now, God, you know, we pushing it now." And let. <laughs> I'm getting ready to reach, you know, uh, the age of 50. I don't know how cute that's going to look walking around pregnant. But, you know, God's timing is not our timing. God does what he wants when he gets ready, when he knows that we're ready. And so there's a lot of other stuff that I could tell about my journey as far as my pregnancy, all of the things that I went through, all of the things that God did, how he matured me when I was pregnant in my walk with him, a whole lot of things. But what I want to say to every woman that is believing God for something, for me, it was a child. Don't give up. Don't give in don't settle don't let anybody shake that foundation of faith when god speaks to you and you believe that is him don't change your prayer now Let me give some balance to this because I'm big on balance because people will take when you say, if you believe in God for something, don't let anybody change you. Don't let anybody change your mind. Let me give balance to that. I'm not talking about, and you'll hear me use this example a lot because I have seen people do it. I'm not talking about you seeing somebody else's husband and saying, God told me that's my husband. We ain't talking about that mess. Just x that out of your, I'm not telling you to believe God for somebody else's wife. I'm not telling you to believe God for a plan and a scheme to rob and to steal and to do things that you already know are ungodly. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that whatever you're believing God for that can give him glory. Those are the things that you continue to believe God for. 15 plus years or so. I prayed that prayer through miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage and the doctors kept saying they don't know why it's nothing wrong with you. Some women just have so many miscarriages before they finally have a child. But for the fact that God waited until I was the age that I was when I conceived him. That makes it a testimony because he could have allowed me to have a child when I was 28. Could that have been a testimony? Well, yeah, but the greatest testimonies come through a fire. The greatest testimonies come through trials. The greatest testimonies come from heartache, embarrassment, shame. Those are the greatest testimonies. So like I said, there are a lot of things that I overlooked in this testimony. There are a lot. One day, one day, God is going to allow me to be on the forefront, to be on a platform where I can give my entire testimony. Because only people like my sister, only people like my aunt, Only people like my prayer partners who have prayed for me, they're the ones that know my story. They're the ones that know my story. They're the ones who prayed for me, cried with me, toiled with me, labored with me, corrected me. Those are the ones who know my story. I am blessed to have a minister in my life, a pastor in my life. An evangelist in my life, an elder in my life, and the pastor is actually not only just a pastor, but he's a pastor, a bishop, and he's a prophet. And I thank God for having all of those people in my life to help keep me grounded. So that's just part of my testimony. But one day when I'm able to properly, because God does everything decent and in order. Now's not the time for me to give my testimony. It's not now, but I guarantee you, you mark my words that when I give my testimony, it's going to change some woman's life. It is going to encourage some woman to go to fight another day. It's going to encourage a mother not to give up. That God's plan for her, God's plan for you is yes and amen. God's plan for you. If you believe that God told you that you are a wife, that you are wife material, don't settle. If you believe that God has a husband for you, if you believe that God told you you are supposed to be married, don't settle. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Do not settle. Do not give in. Do not take anybody else's leftovers. Do not take what God did not intend for you to have. So be ready for part two of my testimony because God is going to open a door for me to be able to give it and it's going to give him glory and it is going to edify his people I love encouraging women because I tend to think that we take the hurts and the pains of life a little more we we take them to the heart more. men suffer too men can be hurt I know that I've seen it but I just believe that we as a weaker vessel is harder for us to take when disappointment happens, when hurtful things happen, especially from those that we love that are dear to us. So you all continue to pray for me as we continue to walk in faith as the women of God that God has called us to be. And before I leave, I want to give you the two women Hannah and Sarah, I just want to read a little bit about them so that you can hear how it matches my testimony. Hannah desperately prayed for a son and promised that she would dedicate his life to God. When God came through, she kept her word. She left her son Samuel to be raised in the temple. Her faithfulness never faltered. I can't falter in my faith with God with raising my son in his word. So any stumbling block, any person, any situation that comes to stop, any person who comes to stop God's plan for me to raise my son under the word of God, I say it, God is going to remove that person. God is going to remove that situation. In the name of Jesus. And the last uh, lady that I want to read to you about is Sarah. Abraham's wife, Sarah, is an example of how God keeps his promises. After telling Abraham she would bear a son, despite being barren, Sarah gave birth to Isaac at 90 years old. So me with my (laughs) So me with my 46, 47 year old self, I don't have nothing to complain about. And guess what? I'm crazy enough to believe God for another one. So you guys continue to pray for me as I always ask. Definitely know I'm praying for you, my women, my support team, Pass this message to other women that you know that they are believing God for something that the doctor said no, whether or not it's healing in your body, whether or not it's something in your body that you received from somebody else and now you're suffering with that disease, that sickness you believe God to heal you in your body from that because guess what, if you weren't born with that contracted disease or sickness then that means you're not supposed to have it. Believe God for your healing, complete healing. Believe God for that child. Believe God for that husband that God sends. Or if I have any men that are listening, believe God for that wife for you. Believe God for that wife for you, not somebody else's wife. We're going to X that out right here because things like that don't last. Nothing good can come from, nothing holy can come from that. We're not going to covet nobody's husband. We're not going to covet nobody's wife. Pass this message on to somebody that you know needs a word of encouragement that God is still in the miracle working business. Be blessed. I love you guys. Bye-bye.